Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Thank you. Thank you. I I, am so happy to see so many of you. And uh, this doesn't really have anything to do with the message, but uh, it was in my heart. And so I brought this. Isn't this a pretty box? I don't know if you can see it, but it's got sparkles on the top. I love sparkles. Did you give this to me? You want it? Oh. <laughs> well, anyway, it's, it's just such a pretty box. I just, it's just so beautiful. If I open it, I found another little box in here. This one's not so pretty, but um, it does have little stars on the top, and, and there isn't anything in it, but it's just a nice little box. And uh, it came to me when I was studying this week for my message that, let me get this top back on. Excuse me, pretty little box. <laughs> there we go. Okay. That some of us have God in a box. Now, we might have it all pretty like this. You know, see its purple sides, see its sparkles on the top. So maybe you know your God. Uh, you know, he, you come to church, you tithe, you know, and, and you're really good, you know. You're just really good. And you look all great on the outside, and God, you know, you're real comfortable. It's a real pretty relationship. Uh, but you put God in a box. Now, some of us have put God in this size box, a little box. And, you know, we, we love God and, and we think God is great, but we don't ever want him to do anything outside this box. We don't want him to move. We don't want him to speak to us. We surely don't want to get a word from God, from somebody you know, we just want everything just to be the way we think. And, uh, and so we have God in the box. And I don't know if you are that person that I was thinking of when this came to me or not, but I just want to tell you that God is bigger than this box. He is much bigger than you know, and he certainly is bigger than the box that we have him in. And you know, it's, I don't know, but I would think it'd be kind of hard to move, you know, with these walls around here and the lid on. And I know God wants to move. I know God, we sing God wants to heal, God wants to deliver, God wants to prosper. But you know what? You've got to let him out of the box. I remember, I'm just going to go down this way for a while. I remember the first time my husband drove me to a Pentecostal tongue-talking church. My box kind of went like that. (laughs) I'm not kidding. And I mean, it was a typical old church, you know, the ladies had buns. And I mean, if I could grow a bun, I might have a bun, but I I can't grow one. And I mean, they were dancing, their hairpins were flying. And I'm telling you, God was so far out of the box. I'm like trying to get back in here, get back in here. I can't have that. I can't have any of that kind of stuff. And I took my daughter, Amy, she was just about three at the time, and I put her on my lap because I thought, I thought, well, they're not gonna, I'm not going to dance or sing or do those crazy stuff with a three-year-old on my lap. Surely God can see I have a three-year-old on my lap. But that was just the beginning. I mean, once you let God out of that box, you can't get him back in a box. You just can't. He's just, you just can't get him out of that box. But he needs to get out of that box. 
Well, Giselle, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so we want to let God out of the box. We want to take the lid off. We want to say, God, whatever you need to do in me and whatever you want to do in me, I, I'm in agreement. I want you to. But I just thought that little illustration, sometimes illustrations help me to see kind of where I am in my relationship with God. I don't know, maybe I've got God in a box. Wouldn't be that box though. It'd be bigger. <laughs> no. So we're going to pray and then we're going to get in the word. First of all, I want to mention one thing. Chloe, where are you? Chloe Schmidt, stand up, sweetheart. This little girl has been here since uh, before she could walk, and she just got back from a mission trip to Africa. So thank you. Yay. So we're thankful for her and her family and how sporty they've been over all these years of missions trips and everything. It's wonderful to see these little kids grow up and follow God. And uh, so we're going to pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, that your word is not in a box. Your word is unfettered. Your word, Father, just flows into our life and into our heart, and it changes us, and it changes the world around us. We are so thankful for your word, and I pray, Father, in anointing upon our ears and upon our heart and upon our mind to be able to receive this word, to hear this word, and to put this word into active practice in our life. I thank you, Father God, that for those who are here who need this word, it'll just be like arrows going into their heart, Father God, and will just set on fire the whole rest of their body, Father, so that they love you more than they ever have before and they can't contain it. And we just thank you, Holy Spirit. You are our teacher. You are the one who reveals us to us the things that God wants us to have at this part of our life that we need. So I thank you, Lord, that you're here in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Now, this is just a, sort of a quick review to catch us up. I'm preaching on or teaching on the voice of God. How many believe God's still speaking to us today? Amen. And uh, he is. Now, that may be out of the box for some. I don't know. But he is speaking to us today. Now, we could go through the whole Bible. And believe you me, I wish we had the time because I would love to do that. But we won't. Rest assured, you're okay. And so... He spoke to prophets in, old way, in the old times in different ways. He spoke to Moses out of a burning bush. He, he just spoke. He spoke to Abraham. He spoke to all these people in different ways. And he's still speaking to us today. In Judges chapter 6, we find that uh, God had spoken again to a man in Judges chapter 6. So just open your Bibles there for just a second. We just want to catch up. Judges chapter 6. And we saw Gideon. Now, Gideon's life at this time was in a mess. He was hiding in a hole, trying to thresh out some grain to provide for his family. And you know, uh, it was just like he was just trying to get what he could and he didn't want to lose what he had. I think a lot of people live like that, just trying to eke out a living and they just want to hang on to everything they've got because they feel the enemy is going to come in and take it from them. Or maybe you think, I've just gotten a little bit ahead and now I don't want anything bad to happen. And you know, but here we find that they were living in devastation and he was uh, expecting devastation, I think. And in verse 12, the angel of the Lord said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of fearless courage. Now we looked at all that last week. And I wanted to say this, that even though his life was in a mess, 
He was not a man of fearless courage. We don't even know if he was a warrior. But God's word spoke to the potential. God's word spoke to what was on the inside of him. God's word spoke to the purpose that he had for his life, that he had created him to walk out. He spoke to this man who was hiding. And we said that even though he was in this mess, that the calling of God does not change on your life just because your life is in chaos. I'm going to say that again. The calling of God in your life does not change just because your life is in chaos. That calling is still there. That calling is still on your life to serve God, to be all God calls you to be, no matter what your life looks like at the present time. Maybe you're thinking, well, God can't use me. My life is such a mess. Well, then you'd be feeling like Gideon. But the Lord came and spoke to Gideon and he said, I have a plan and a purpose for you. I have raised you up. I'm going to do great and mighty things through you. And the word of God says that let's call unto God and he will show us great and mighty things. Amen. And so we went into the rest of the story. We talked about uh, that, you know, he was called by God. He was empowered by God and, and uh, that the calling was sure and it was still with him. And so we see that he did rise up. And because God sees our possibilities, God sees where we are and he cannot stop loving us. Gideon kept asking questions over and over and over. We looked in Timothy where it said that God's patience is perfect. Maybe you think, well, I just, uh, I just ask questions. Well, God, what about this? What about that? I mean, I ask questions all the time. But listen, God's voice is the voice of patience. God has not run out of patience with you. We think that. We think he's through, he's done, or we have frustrated God. You have not. God was there. God was patient with all of those questions. And I think, you know, if he talked to Gideon, don't you think he'll talk to us? Of course he will, because he loves us. Paul said, you know, that uh, to Timothy, I've obtained mercy and I've obtained the patience of God. And so God pursues us. God has justified us. He's cleansed us and he keeps working in us. He is patient. And, you know, sometimes we are not patient. We have the fruit of the spirit on the inside, but it takes time for that patience to grow. It doesn't take time for God's patience to grow. Amen. God is patient. And so we learned about hearing the voice of God. Now, some people, they want me to preach on hearing the voice of God, and they want me to say, well, if you spend 30 minutes a day between the hours of uh, 6 a.m. and 7 and 6 a.m. and 6.30, and then if you read three books of the Bible, and then you sit in the northeast corner of your house, God will speak to you. And they'll just make a formula out of it. And you know, I honestly, I'll just be real honest about it. I've been driving down the street, and God will speak to me, and I'll think, Lord, what are you doing in my car? It's dangerous in here. <laughs> but I know, just like that, I won't even be thinking on something, and all of a sudden, he'll speak to me. So we don't want to put God in a box, amen? We want to give him free reign to move in our life how he wants to, because he knows. And so we learned about God speaking to us in different ways. So the voice of God is patient. The voice of God speaks to the potential, to the possibilities, and to the plans and purpose that he has in our life. Amen? So we're looking at characteristics. And so today we're going to continue on looking at some of these characteristics. Now, this may be hard for you to understand or believe, but 
I have sailed quite a lot. It's so strange because I really do like my feet on the ground. But I have sailed for uh, many years, and uh, so I, I didn't even know this, but there's a lot of rules in sailing. And uh, I just thought you got on a boat and put up a sail, and then there you went around, and it uh, doesn't work that way. And so I, I thought, you know, one thing I learned was like when you're leaving the harbor, you know that uh, there are lights. There's a green light and there's a red light. And when you come into the harbor, there's a green light and a red light. So it's always like this, red light returning. That means when you're coming back in, that red light better be on the right side of your boat or you're going to crash into somebody else's boat over here or into a reef that is marked where that light is. So, you know, you just learn some of these things as you sail. Now, I don't like to sail in dark blue water. Now, I like to sail, you know, in the Caribbean where it's all kind of aqua green and peaceful and you can see what's in there. (laughs) No sharks here. (laughs) Okay, I'll get in there. And so I don't like to sail in that dark blue water. But, you know, my husband, he, uh, he just loves sailing and he sailed over from in a boat from South Africa. So it doesn't bother him. So one day he said, we're going to go out there in that deep blue water. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to. He says, well, we just need to go out there and I think you'll like it. So I said, okay. So we go out, we're out there in the water and uh, it's starting to get dark. And one rule about sailing is, is you do not sail in the dark. You go in about four o'clock, you anchor up your boat or you tie off your, uh, onto the mooring ball and you stay put for the rest of the night because it's dark and you can't see. So here we are out there, and I like to sail where I can see land on all sides, you know, and where I'm going. We're out there, you can't see anything, it's dark. Here we are out there in that boat, I couldn't see a thing. And so I went downstairs, because it was a big boat, I went downstairs, I turned on the light to find a compass, and my husband is saying, turn off the light, turn off the light, and I'm like, no, no, I don't like it out here in the dark, I can't see anything. And I'm lost out here. And he's like, turn off the light. Because you know your eyes have to adjust uh, to the darkness. And, and uh, it was really frightening for me. Because here we are in the dark. I didn't even know which way was north, south, east, or west. And all I could hear was the waves slapping against the boat. And I'm thinking, where are we going? And the moon had been covered up by a cloud. And that made it worse. And I was just sitting there in this boat. And you know, I thought about that. I thought about that's kind of how like the whole world is in certain situations. They are out there adrift in a boat and they're on these waves of the sea and they're in total darkness. Maybe you've been there at one point in your life out there in total darkness. You can't see anything. You just can't see anything. And you just think, what is going to happen? I can't find my way. Well, I I know that uh, it's so frightening. It was to me. And then all of a sudden, my husband says, I see it. And I'm like, what? He says, the light. And I'm like, where? (laughs) And uh, he's looking over this way. He goes, over there. And you know, the waves are going like this. And I'm like, I can't see it. I can't see it. Where is it? Are you sure you saw it? He says, yes, it's over there. And about that time, we went a little further and I could see that light, a little tiny light shining in the darkness. And he said to me, don't take your eyes off that light. That's the way home. 
So I kept my eyes on that light. I kept it all the way across the sea. And here we came. As soon as I saw that light, there was a peace that came on the inside of my heart. I knew we were going to make it home safe to that harbor. I knew we were going to make it. Because the light, I could see the light through the darkness. To me, I was just like, oh, I can see the light in the darkness. John chapter 1, verse 1. John chapter 1, verse 1 says, Jesus is that light that came into the world. Verse 1, it says, In the beginning, before time, was the word of Christ. The word was with God. The word was God himself. He was presently, originally with God. All things were made by him, came into existence through him, and without him, nothing had come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines on in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it, put it out, absorbed or appropriated it. Isn't that wonderful to know? Even when I was out in this vast ocean, not even knowing where I was in the dark, I saw this little tiny light. The darkness could not put out the light. The darkness cannot put out the light of God's word. The word of God says that Jesus was the word and he is the light of men. No matter what situation you're going through, no matter how small that light may appear to you at that present moment, the darkness cannot overpower the light. Hallelujah. And we're talking about the voice of God. Let's look in Genesis chapter 1. Again, we're hearing the voice of God. He says in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning was God fashioned and created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and empty waste and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters and God said, let there be light and there was light. And God saw that the light was good and he approved it and God separated the light from the darkness. What separated the light from the darkness? The Word of God. The Word of God separates the darkness from the light. Now, you know, I, I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about uh, as God separated that light into darkness, God brought order by His words. God brought fruitfulness into the earth through his word. God brought living things into the earth through his word. God's word is active, alive, and it is in us. So I ask you today, is God still speaking? Yes. He's speaking to us through his word. I know it is a struggle. I have struggled through my life. Is this God? Is this not God? Did God tell me this? Did God not say that? Listen, I want to say this. It's just a word of caution. I've heard people say, well, God told me to move to Arkansas. And then two weeks later, no, God told me to move to Louisiana. No, three weeks later, God told you to move to New York. Don't go around telling people God told me unless you know it's God. God doesn't change his mind all the time like that. Amen. What he says still stands. And so how can we know? Is it the voice of God? Maybe you have areas in your life that are in darkness. The Bible says that the darkness will not overcome the light, but the light will overcome the darkness. Now, let's listen. Let's look in verse 10 of John chapter 10. I'm sorry, John chapter 10. We're going to hear and read a description of his voice. And we know his voice comes through the word. We know he speaks to us. 
And he says in John chapter 10, verse 1, I assuredly tell you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold but climbs up some other way from some other quarter is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the door for this man and the sheep listen to what? His voice and heed it. And he calls his own sheep by name. Verse 4. When he has brought his own sheep outside, he walks on before them and the sheep follow him. Why? Because they know what? His voice. They will never follow a stranger but will run away from him because they do not know the voice of a stranger or recognize their call. Turn over here to verse uh, 27 in John chapter 10. The sheep that are mine own hear and are listening to what? My voice. I know them and they follow me. It says that the voice of the shepherd speaks to the sheep. We are his sheep. Amen? We are his sheep. Now let's look in verse chapter 4. Well, let's look in verse chapter 3. The watchman opens the door for this man, and the sheep listen to his voice and heed it. And he calls his own sheep by name and brings them out. When he has brought his own sheep outside, he walks on before them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Now, my grandfather uh, actually raised sheep. I grew up on a farm in uh, southern Missouri, and uh, I had a bedroom that overlooked one of the pastures, and I could look out there, and I could see those sheep out in the field. And my grandpa was a good shepherd, and, and uh, I'd look out there, and I'd see all the ruts that the sheep made, because, you know, sheep just kind of follow. They're followers. You know, when you were young, did you ever play follow the leader? You know, you do what the one in front does, and, and you just play follow the leader. And so I would see these sheep just following, and then my grandfather would go out to the fence line and speak to them, and then they would all come to my grandfather, and then they would follow in a little line, and my grandpa would take him to a new pasture, and they'd graze over there, because, you know, he was a good shepherd. They had feed over here, but now he wanted them to have this kind of feed, and they would follow him. My grandfather would be out in front, and the sheep would follow him. You know, my grandfather was never behind the sheep, pushing them pushing them. He never got behind a sheep and went, oh, I'm pushing you. I'm pushing. You need to get over there. You know, the Bible says that his sheep hear his voice and he leads them out. He leads us. He doesn't push us. And I want to say something about the voice of God. Sometimes we're here on the inside. You need to do this. You need to do that. You better do this. It's too late. Hurry up. Hurry up. And I want to say, you know, life is made up of choices. And are your choices being led by God? Are your choices leading in you to an an abundant life? Are your choices causing you to enjoy life? I mean, this is the voice of the good shepherd. They heard his voice and they followed him. So many times in my life, I'm telling you, I got out ahead of God. I got pushed. I let whatever was in me that was unhealed pushed me. I mean, I thought, well, if I don't do this, they're not going to like me. So I made decisions out of that. I thought, well, I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. So I let those decisions push me. And I'm telling you, those unhealed parts on the inside were what made some of my decisions. Not God. I was pushed. I was pushed by my own mind that was not renewed. My heart, which was not all healed. And I made made wrong decisions. And I want to tell you something this morning. Let my pain be your wisdom. Now I want to ask you, 
I don't want to feel alone. How many of you have had pain in your life? Is your hand up? (laughs) Kidding. Yes, we all have had pain in our life. We all have had pain in our life. But you know something? We've learned. And when people come into our life, you think, well, I don't have anything to say to them. No, you learned through your pain. That's why I said, let my pain be your wisdom. I learned that that was not the voice of God. I learned that God wasn't pushing me. I'm telling you, I felt sometimes like a chicken running around with her head cut off. Now that is an old Missouri expression. Maybe Texas. I felt that way because I was not following the peace of God. I was following what everybody else wanted me to do or did or, or you know, and I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking this morning about this. What has you in darkness? What is driving you? Because it says here that the voice of God led them out. It didn't say he was behind them pushing. I mean, if we wanted to read this all here in context, which we don't have time for, but we can see that in John chapter nine, there was this beggar guy that was blind. He was sitting beside the road. Jesus walked over to him, put some uh, mud on stuff on his eyes and told him to go wash off in the pool of Siloam. And he did, and he was healed. And then they all got mad at him because uh, it says that uh, they stormed at him and said, you were his disciple yourself, but we are disciples of Moses. I mean, I think that meant that, you know, here we're under the law. They had God in a box. Didn't they have God in a box? God can't heal. God can't do this. God can't heal on the Sabbath. Well, you know, they were disciples of Moses. They were under the Old Testament law. And, and here God, Jesus comes in. He heals this guy. Now get this. If you read that story, that guy never asked God to heal him. He was a beggar and he begged, but he never asked God to heal him out of the compassion, out of the love that Jesus had, out of the mercy, out of the kindness. Jesus just healed the man. And then the man tries to, you know, tell everybody and they get mad at him because they're all under the law. And then Jesus comes back to him and he says in verse 37, uh, he said, who, who are you? In verse 37, Jesus said, you have seen him. In fact, he is speaking to you right now. God even talked to that beggar. He didn't even ask for anything. And God saw that the man had a need. We don't have to go begging to God. We don't have to beg God and plead God to heal us. He's already sent Jesus Christ and his word, our healer. We don't have to be beggars. I mean, all that man said, once I was blind, but now I can see. Hallelujah. Is that all of our testimony? Let's all say that. Once I was blind, but now I can see. Say it a little louder with your finger up. Once I was blind and now I can see. Amen. We were that. We were like that. But God just came over in his compassion and in his love and healed him because he loves us. So what has you in darkness this morning? What has you in bondage? You see, it was his word, his voice that set him free. Jesus says in John 6, 63, let's turn to John 6, 63. It is the spirit who gives life. He is the life giver. The flesh conveys no benefit whatever. There is no profit in it. But the words that I've been speaking to you, they are spirit and they are life. When it comes to that word life, they are spirit and they are life. We can receive these words of God because 
You know, you're looking at me right now and you think this is me, but this isn't me. This is just the house I live in. I, the real me, is in here, inside here, because I am a spirit, and you're a spirit, and God is a spirit. And when we accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, He came to live in our spirit, and He lives there today. Hallelujah. So we can hear from God. The Word of God says that the Spirit of the Lord is the candle of the the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. That means that that spirit in here is enlightened by God, by God. And he says, you're the words that I speak. They are spirit and they are life. God's voice gives us power. God's voice gives us a cause to live. God's voice gives increase in our life. God's voice creates divine life, the God kind of life in us. Now, you know, we can say that those sheep spent time with that shepherd, and that's true. And we need to spend time in the Word of God. We need to read the Word of God. We need to follow the leader. We need to do those things. But here in John 6.63, he says in 6.63, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, we're just going to read, I'm just going to give you a little synopsis of the verses ahead of this. He's talking to them about he's going to be crucified, and they didn't understand this. There was a lot of people following him before he said this. You know, sometimes he does say some things that are hard in our life. And he was telling them, you know, you're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. He was talking about, you know, identifying with him in Christ on the cross. And then he talked about he was going to go on. And so it says in verse 64, but some of you still fail to believe and trust and have faith. For Jesus knew from the first who did not believe and had no faith who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no man can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. I want to say to you this morning, I've heard people preach this verse wrong, and they say, well, only some people can be saved, not everybody. I want to tell you something. If you've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, he has come in you to live eternal. His word's eternal. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. In fact, over there in John, it says, no one is able to pluck you out of my Father's hand. No one is able to pluck you out of the Father's hand. And the word of God says, because he has come in, he has transformed you, he has given you a new spirit on the inside. And so he said, this is hard for people to understand. Look at verse 66. After this, many of his disciples drew back, returned to their old associations and no longer accompanied him. Because of this saying, what Jesus had said, people turned back. Verse 67, Jesus said to the twelve, Will you also go away? Will you also go away? I want to say that to you this morning. Sometimes the Lord does say some things that are hard for us to understand. But you know what? If we hang in there with him and we walk in the light, we walk in the light that we have, he will explain these things to him. But Jesus said, will you also go away? Do you desire to leave me? Verse 68, and Peter said, Lord... Where would we go? To whom shall we go? You see, Peter knew the words of eternal life. Peter knew there were no other words out there that carried life. 
No other words out there that had divine life. No other words out there that could change their darkness into light. No other words were out there. Lord, he's saying, Lord, where would we go? He's saying, Lord, you have the words of eternal life. You have what we need. You have everything we need. In your word is everything we need. To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Thou cannot deny, Lord. This is what he's saying. Let's read on. You have the words of eternal life. And we have learned and believed and trusted. We have come to know that you are the Holy One, the Holy One of God. You know, sometimes, you know, I, I can relate kind of right here because, I don't know, maybe Jesus felt rejected because some of those people quit following him because they just didn't understand what he was saying and it was too hard for them. So even if you feel rejected this morning, I want you to know Jesus has been through that and he will heal you with the words of life. I mean... Peter said, to whom shall we go? Where else are we going to go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Now he says, we cannot deny that we've been staggered by the word of God at times. We cannot deny that we have been not understanding of some things at time, nor have we been able to not ask ourselves, shall we follow the rest of them and just give up on this word? But Lord, Peter's saying, it's too late for us because we've heard the word. We know the power in the word of God and our hearts are reassured. Even if we thought of going away, there's no, nowhere else we could go. To whom shall we go? Shall we return to the law of Moses? Shall we return to the formalism and tradition of our dead church? Shall we go back to worshiping pagan gods? Should we go back to live in darkness? Where should we go? Where else are we going to go? Lord, no, we are constrained to stay here with you. We are constrained to hear your word because none other but you offer eternal life. No other word out there nourishes the deep hunger of man that God has awakened on the inside of us. No other word has awakened the spirit of man like the word of God. And so, Lord, this is the life we want. This is the life we want. We have been awakened. We have been awakened. And so he's saying, Lord, where else would we go? You know what he's saying? He's saying, Lord, no, we're going to stay with you. We must. We must. We must. And I want you to get that in your spirit today. We must. When God speaks to us through the word, we must stick with the word of God. Stay in the word of God. It is the only place we have for words of eternal life. Now I want us all to stand and let's just lift our hands in the air. I want to say to you this morning that the word of life, the word of God, the voice of God leads you. He doesn't beat you. The word of God doesn't force you. He leads you. He loves you. He's compassionate. I want to tell you this. When Peter said, Lord, where else are we going to go? He said, there is no other place for us to go. I want to tell you this morning, there is no other to go to for life. There is no other to go to for salvation. There is no other mediator between God and man. There is no other cleansing fountain but the blood of Jesus. There is no other stronghold to hold on to but our Lord. There is nowhere else that we 
we can find grace and help in time of need. There is no other in whom we can trust. There is no other in whom we can rest. There is no other Savior but Jesus Christ our Lord. There is no other healer for our broken minds and a sin-sick soul than our Jesus Christ. There is no other life giver. There is no other who has the words of God and we will follow no other. Let's give him a hand. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 No, no other but our God. No other but our God. No other but our God. There is no other. There is no other. There is no other. There is no other but you, Lord Jesus. You have the words of life. Your word is your voice speaking into our hearts today. And we answer that call and we say we must. We must, we must follow you. We must. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.